Hey guys, Charlie here, just reminding you that Osher and I are back with Dad Pod. That's right, season two of Dad Pod, now with facts, starts this week. Download or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. It is a Wednesday, the 23rd of September. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And fuck, we did it, Will. We did it. I'm sitting here in my party shirt, I'm drinking a, a vodka lime soda and I'm kicking my heels up because we fucking did it. I, I was so tense this last four weeks about, are we going to fucking not make the finals after this year full of promise and excitement? And to be honest, and I know this is loser talk, I don't care what happens from now on. I don't care if we get humiliated in the first elimination final. I set my sights low and we achieved it and I'm done. I'm done. Thank you, St Kilda, for a great year. This is, I mean, we started this podcast in the year 2016, the year of our Lord, and our Lord being Bevo, of course, 2016, in the year of Bevo, 2016. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Daniel Cross. Yeah, well, the- <laughs> so I guess in that analogy, Bevo is God, yeah. and Bob Murphy is his son that he sent to no, Earth, who got crucified with the no. knee reconstruction. No, Bob is Joseph. Marcus Bontempelli is Jesus. I'd say that Bevo is God who said to, to, to Bob Murphy, I'm, gonna, I'm going to send my only son to take your team to the premiership. And that was Marcus Bontempelli. So it was like the Immaculate Conception. Right. Somehow Bob Murphy gave birth to Marcus Bontempelli. <laughs> well, that is a story that did not come out in the behind the scenes documentary. <laughs> you actually met Marcus Bontempelli's mother. I was there. What night was it? Was it after, it was after the, it was after... Bevo's first game as coach. I, mean, I think he beat Frio. He thrashed Frio. And uh, we went down into the rooms, the rooms and we after were the put game. in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> we were put in a cage. Without a scum. A pre COVID cage, but it felt very COVID that we were just caged off from the players and the players <laughs> could come over much like we were zoo exhibitions. Or they, I, think, I guess they were the zoo exhibitions. They were the zoo exhibitions. But we felt like we were the zoo exhibitions. They were, they were, like the they were in their natural at. habitat and we were there just like. To go. You know, they found us more amusing than we found them. <laughs> well, it's because it was such a big win and there's a lot of excitement and a lot of family and friends had rushed down. And so ordinarily, if it had been like half full, it wouldn't have been as embarrassing, but it was so packed. It was like what you're seeing on the border of Mexico. We were packed into, into this cage, like pressed up against the, the wire. A lot of people don't know this, but it was Tony Liberatore who demanded they build a wall <laughs> in between the supporters. <laughs> and the players to keep them out coming down and infecting their area. <laughs> so yes, we were standing next to Marcus Bontempelli's mother and we were introduced to Marcus Bontempelli's mother and I said, thank you. And she said, I get that a lot. <laughs> Which I think is probably how Mary would have rolled as well. Like there yeah. would have been a lot of people who just behind the scenes, if they ran into Mary at a party, They'd be like, you know, Jesus is doing well for himself, isn't it? <laughs> heard, he's, heard he's got himself eight disciples and Mary's like 10 now, <laughs> hoping for 12. He's looking for a dozen disciples. He's very optimistic. Um, and then and, Mrs. Mrs. Isaacariot, Judas Isaacariot is like, my sons are looking to join some apostles. Maybe you should take him on board. <laughs> and it was the biggest mistake <laughs> Jesus's mum ever made. Mary was always like, can you not just invite Judas to your events? <laughs> oh, His mom, mother is giving dork. me so much grief at the fucking mother's meetings. Just let Judas come to fucking dinner. That's right. This is a football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, our Judas, our Judas type figure at the Western Bulldogs was, of course, Talia. Yeah. Uh, the, the famous Talia incident where he took the information to Adelaide. We went to that game as well. but uh, For five um, silver pieces, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's right. For, to his brother, his <laughs> bloody dodgy brother going and playing for Adelaide. So um, this is, of course, we started this podcast in 2016. And this is, of course, the first Two Guys, One Cup final 
in the history of Two Guys One yeah. Cup. It's the we are literally now playing for a premiership Two Guys One Cup. Yeah, we. I mean, we have been to finals together before. I mean, there was the two in 09 and 10 where the Saints played the Bulldogs. That was high stakes finals as well. I mean, it would have been interesting if we'd been doing the podcast back then. But yes, you're right. This is the first time an audience will be able to hear almost in real time uh, our journey through uh, through this 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 most bitter of rivalries. And in some ways, isn't it great it's happening in a COVID year? I mean, for the sake of yeah. us and our friendship and this podcast, it really does distance it a little bit. I feel like you know, a lot of people were trying to go, oh, it must be, it's going to be tough for you and Charlie for the next two weeks you're playing each other in the final. And I was just like, I think we're both looking forward to it. And I think part yeah. of it is that we don't have that tension of going to the game together and one of us yeah. having to pretend that we're happy for the other one. I'm a, I've been really surprised how many people have contacted me since the Bulldogs uh, got into the finals. How many people have... Well, since it was confirmed that we were playing the Bulldogs, the amount of people to text me to say, oh, you and Will, okay. <laughs> like, oh, trouble in paradise. <laughs> It's like, well, I don't think you've really listened to the show. Um, if if the, the what I always brought up to people is you sat with me through the 2010 pre- preliminary final, which was a heartbreaking one for you, and nary a uh, an angry word was shared. In in fact, if anything, I felt terrible. You were so defeated by the end of that final. I didn't feel like there was any chance of our friendship being damaged. If anything, I was going to overcompensate to make you feel better. And I think that. Also, there's a part of me that's just like, this guarantees that either the Saints or the Bulldogs will be in the second round of the finals. Yeah. Like, there is a possibility that both of our teams made the finals and they both get bundled out in the first week of the finals. But one of our teams Mm. has got to win this, which means that going into the second week of finals, we're going to still have stakes in the game. Yeah. And I know this is the defeatist attitude, but I'm actually... Because one of the WhatsApp chats I'm involved in, uh, they're all like talking up the Saints. And I'm like, look, to be honest... The only team I think, or two teams I could see it winning from the bottom four would be the Bulldogs or West Coast. And I'm t- totally okay with that. I think that for where we were last year, for what we did over summer, for a first-year coach, making finals is a pass mark. And anything beyond that now is a bonus. So if we were to lose to the Bulldogs, I wouldn't be like, God damn it, our window is closed. And then I could quite comfortably get behind you know, the Bulldogs for your sake and for my sake. And I think most of the AFL would probably get behind the Bulldogs because... As we discussed last week, if they repeat the fairy tale, then that becomes stuff of legend. I mean, it really does. But I would say this. I honestly believe that any team in the eight can win it. I think there are teams that are more likely to win it than other teams. But it does feel to me. I watched St Kilda play on the weekend and they are super entertaining when they are up and going St Kilda. I was like, oh man, these guys are going to be very hard for us to go up against. I think they are a very good team, St Kilda. And there is, just across the board now, there is a whole bunch of stars in that St Kilda football team. Mm. And when you guys are up and about, you are irrepressible. Did you see um, they had Bevo and Ratten on 360 this week? No, I didn't see it. What happened? Because like I, I've, I've not oh. watched any 360 this year, which is really annoying me because every time I manage to see a glimpse of it again all I'm obsessed with is the idea that at some stage by the end of the season Jared is going to eat Robbo I cannot get that thought out of my mind now like he just like sometimes just stares at him when he's mid-ramble and licks his lips and I'm just like I've seen this I've I've had a Hannibal-esque vision of the future and how this murder is going to happen and when it happens people are going to suspect that I'm involved in some way but I'm just I'm just the guy saying the sky is falling I'm the guy saying we have to do something about climate change and I'm the guy saying guys we have to do something about Jared and Robbo I think Jared thinks Robbo is too delicious and is going to eat him on national television I wouldn't be surprised if when you look at the desk one night watching 360 his rundown sheet has been replaced with a plate a knife and a fork you just see Jared starting the show by tucking a napkin into his shirt I reckon that Jared takes his rundown sheet and he taps he actually tucks that in napkin style (laughs) so it's actually still the rundown of afl 360 that's in front of him and he will have dissected every moment of it you know that's the thing about jared he's not just going to randomly start chomping on somebody he's going to have methodically Mm. thought about the best way to consume somebody in that situation i i reckon it's a month of specials i reckon every night jared comes back and he's just and I imagine that Jared is the sort of, like, if he was going to be a cannibal, if he was going to be a mass-murdering cannibal, then 
here's what I would say. I think he's one of those guys who would keep Robbo alive as long as possible while he was eating. Yes. So That's just what I was going to say. Yeah. So Robbo would still be able to appear on the show for at least the first fortnight. Like he'd still be able to contribute to his usual level for at least the first fortnight. I mean, there's two films that come to mind. First one, obviously, is uh, Hannibal. Not Sons of the Lambs, but the sequel, because there's a scene in that where he narcoticizes Ray Liotta and eats his brain, but eats it in a way that Ray Liotta can continue to sort of talk and be functioning. Because, you know, Hannibal Lecter's a doctor, and I, Robbo would do the same thing. He wouldn't, you know, kill him straight away. He would start by eating his thigh. Like Monday night, I'm going to eat Robbo's thigh because he can keep him, you know, maybe on pain medication where Robbo is still... Well, to be honest, I don't think Robbo would notice if someone was eating his thigh. <laughs> if Robbo comes in and it's after, it's after happy hour at the pub, chances are he's already narcoticized. Well, here's the thing. It would be easier to drug him because all the usual signs that someone's been drugged are how Robbo presents at the best of times. <laughs> like, you know, is he slurring his speech? Yes. Yes, he is, but we also have a thousand episodes of him slurring his speech. So we're finding it hard to tell if there is a difference at the moment. Yeah, nothing. He would start below the desk. So the first two weeks, he'd only be eating things below the desk. Also, we wouldn't know until like Wednesday night. No. When they have the play, when players' night. That's when that's when the big reveal happens. He gets Jack Revolt to just push the desk back and you just see Robbo is just a like a corpse from the waist down. No, I think Hannibal style, Jared is serving the players and the coaches <laughs> and the guests on AFL 360. What is this podcast become? <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so so uh, Bevo and Rats were on and it was it was actually really cool because they I didn't realize but they're friends they b- both coached at Hawthorne together so they're actually mm-hmm. got a bit of history and stuff and there was a little bit of ribbing where Bevo was very vocally trying to take the underdog status by mentioning the fact that the last two times St Kilda's played the Bulldogs we've touched them up and that we match up really well and we've had, we've had a great season but our rats was having nothing none of it they were both trying to out underdog each other and then um they both waxed lyrical. It was quite beautiful to see. It was like a real bromance where they just talked about, Rats talked about what a great coach Bevo was and when they're at Hawthorne, everyone knew that Bevo was going to be this superstar and, you know, took the Bulldogs to a grand final and that's the dream of every coach and blah, blah, blah. And then Bevo uh, talked about how great Rat was and everyone values him as a human being and then couldn't help but say, um, however, he did not put me down as a reference in his application for the job at St Kilda, but they called me anyway. <laughs> and I toyed with the idea of not, endorsing him but in the end i did i think bevo there's a lot of talk there's a lot of talk around bevo and what bevo's coaching record is and there's even been some people who are like you know yeah is it time for bevo to move on to something else and i think that is so fucking ridiculous because this is now they forget that the bulldogs we kind of fluked it in 2016 and up until that point even at our best we're pretty much an underperforming team i thought about this when because it was nine years or something since you've seen the saints play in the finals Whereas yep. under Bevo, I've seen the Bulldogs now play in the finals four times and win a premiership. Like that's from from a club that lost its coach and its captain and its CEO in one preseason and looked like we weren't going to actually survive as an AFL team to have played like four of the next six or whatever it is you know, final series or it's or four of the last five final series, whatever it is, it's a fucking great record. Mm. Yeah, I also think too that the Bulldogs coming into this final series, because you're in a really similar position to last year. You came into last year with a head of steam and then that first final you played GWS who were on a mission and they bashed up Bont and everything. So I think that if anything, you would, you guys will be so prepared for this match. And was it Mitch Wallace or someone who was interviewed last week where he said, oh, we've done this before. Like, you know, it's something we talk about is, yeah, you know, this is just part of the course we make the finals from the bottom part of the ladder and then you know we just do our thing and it's like oh that's St Kilda won't have that confidence going to the game apart from the five imports we've got or whoever we've brought in as finals experience there are just a bunch of there was a really sad I mean it was meant to be inspirational but I found it sad footage released by the Saints last week where it was um, rats you know at a team meeting after we lost to West Coast leading up to the game against GWS and he was saying look can't do anything about the past that result is done so we're now we just you know go put our focus on what we can control which is the result this weekend 
And he said, you know, it's disappointing, but that, you know, a challenge presents great opportunity. And he's gone, that opportunity is to play finals. And then he went around the room and he's like, Seb, how many finals you played in? It's like, none. He's like, uh, 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 Billings, how many finals you played in? None. Jack Steele, how many finals you played in? None. And it was like, holy shit, this is a huge step for our club. Like, not only- That would have been one of those moments you know, where playing- Dan Hanabry would have been like, when's he getting to me? When's he getting to me? Yeah. <laughs> 26. I've played 26 finals. I mean, having him back was- I reckon a huge influence. He only had like 13 touches or whatever, but he was you can good sort though. of see when, yeah, he was all right. And when he's been out of this, what we've lacked when we've lost this year has been that kind of on field, just sort of someone who's just calms things down and, and just gives direction and stuff. Cause Jaron Geary is okay at that, but he's not a Norm Smith medalist. You know, he's not a, a finals player. Like I think hearing it from a guy that you've pretty much got the same record with, isn't the same as hearing it from a dude who's been there many times before. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's interesting. The Bulldogs got a couple of injuries, like uh, Norton is a maybe and Wallace is yeah. a maybe. I think I, I, my, my gut instinct from what I've been reading is they're both, you know, more likely to play than not likely to play, but they've got question marks over them. Have the Saints got any major injuries? Uh, well, Zach Jones is still out, but he should, be, he should be right. And then, no, we're actually a pretty, pretty healthy list. I'm look like I said. I, I'm just excited to to watch a final and whatever happens happens. I just I I I don't know if the lid's off. The lid feels it's different to the lid being off. It's like the lid got taken off. All the gas got let out of the can. <laughs> now you just got an empty can. That's how I feel. I just feel like relaxed for the first time this season. We've got a couple of babies in the mix as well at the Bulldogs. That is an interesting twist. So Eastern Wood is about to have oh. a baby and Josh Bruce is about to have a baby. And obviously, you know, if Norton can play, we don't really care if Bruce has his baby or not, but Eastern Wood <laughs> would be a pretty important one. But that is like, that's one of those things where you can't even get mad at them because they're having this baby at this time of the year because like realistically, they timed it until the season should have been over. Yeah. And that's also what's to it, the St Kilda as well. There's Jaron Geary, his wife, I think, giving birth next week. And there's Jake Carlisle. The only difference is that Jake Carlisle's partner is back in Victoria. Jaron Geary's wife came up to Queensland. So it would, would have been an issue if we we're playing West Coast. He was saying in an interview that like it would have been very tough that he's moved her from Melbourne to Queensland. And then when she's about to give birth, it's like, I'll see you later. I'm going to WA. <laughs> but he'll be around. But yeah, Jake Carlisle... And I think they're going to give him right up until, you know, a few days out to decide whether or not he, he's, he's going to play. I reckon what they'd say to Jake Carlisle is they say, why don't you just do it on Snapchat? We know you know how to use Snapchat. I d- <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't mean to diminish like the birth of a child. I, I, I was there for birth of a child myself last year. But uh, I think it's Jake Carlisle's third. And I reckon when it's your third, <laughs> maybe you could say, look, we've been here before. That time's a charm. You don't even need me. I'd, I'd really like to play in a final. I mean, hand me down clothing. You know, third child doesn't get as many photos. We all, we all know that the third child is going to have this as being part of their story anyway. Their story may as well be dad missed my birth because he was playing in an AFL final. Dude, I'm the youngest of nine. No one noticed my birth for two weeks. <laughs> my family were just I'm, going about their normal day and then found someone said, there's a baby under the table. You know what? It'd actually be handy for Jake Carlisle if it becomes an issue. Because it'd be good if he's Google searches when you Google Jake Carlisle, that was the first thing that came up. It actually might be something that he's really looking forward to just for some extra. You know what? That'll drive some other things down the Google search traffic. Uh, A team that's had a very bad week is the Melbourne Football Club. So they missed out on finals. They had an inappropriate uh, touching scandal and they had a COVID breach. Uh... Really want to thank Melbourne Football Club for just having a really strong finish to the season. It's been really yeah. Melbourne. Like, I mean, <laughs> there couldn't I mean, have been more Melbourne. We have to, like, you know, we, we coined the phrase Richmondy. I mean, disappointing is too, is too obvious. I mean, maybe we can come up with another term that accurately describes where they're at. You know what, though? I, I think that we have to say that we called it. We have to claim this is a victory for two guys, one cup. Because when Richmondy was no longer Richmondy, we were the first people who said, okay, like somebody who's like the, the guy we used to bully has moved to another school. Yeah. So we have to find somebody else and identify them as the new Richmondy. And we decided it was going to be Melbourne. And 
it's been a very Richmondy story so far, right? Because it's they've had the terrible yeah. season where you just can't win anything when you're expected to do well. Then they've had this season where they've been up and down, but realistically, you know, played really well in the final game, you know, had a pretty good run towards the finals, just missed out on the finals by, you know, a very narrow margin in the end, which is very Richmondy. Like, I think Melbourne has... Mm. Re- and then just with the, like you said, the inappropriate touching, like, which even came <laughs> from Richmond. Like, this is a club. Like, <laughs> Richmond were doing that two months ago, and now Melbourne have gone on board. Everyone's been trying to model themselves on Richmond, but it's like, guys, guys, we meant yeah. on the field. Well, maybe this is part of Melbourne's five-year plan. Like, the problem is that when somebody wins the premiership, everybody tries to model themselves on that club that just won the premiership. But what you've actually got to do to truly be the new Richmond is go through the process of being the old Richmond. Yeah. To become the new Richmond, you have to be the old Richmond first because the new Richmond were the old Richmond first. That's what made them the new Richmond. So mm. so, so Goody set them, set them all down. <laughs> he said, so we're going to have to be really terrible the first. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. Really terrible the first year. The next year, we're going to disappointingly miss the finals. If so, look, we've only brought Harley Benelli in. A lot of people have said, why did we bring him in? We needed a good final week COVID scandal. So Harley's our guy for that. He's our Ben Cousins. We're ready to go. Uh, it's always a horrible time of the year when the delisting start. I always feel bad um, for players when, uh, especially guys who, you know, went to a club with a lot of, uh, you know, maybe they're a high draft pick or something and then just couldn't pull it together. I always wonder about those guys. Like if you were someone like, I don't know, like Paddy McCartan, you know, you're a number one draft pick and for whatever reason, it just didn't come together. Like that must be in your early 20s. Like when you don't know, most people in their early 20s have no idea what they want to do, have no direction in life, are just trying to sort of work things out. But for athletes like that, since they're 15 years old, they knew what they wanted to do. They knew what they were going to do. They got picked in the top 10 for the draft and then it just doesn't come together and then they get delisted and suddenly it's like, well, this is all I wanted to do. This is what I was told I was going to do. Where, how do I restart? Where do I go from here? And the answer is real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Property development and or real estate. <laughs> or cocaine dealer, whatever. Same thing, really. <laughs> On that topic, I was going to say the, the North Melbourne clear out has been the most kind of mm. pronounced. They just uh, The latest news today is that Ben Brown has been told to look for a new home. So they're really been quite ruthless in, in who they're getting rid of. Jasper Pittard, who was only drafted like two years ago, uh, Mason Cox, Magic Door, which is a real heartbreaker considering how great it was to see him come back. But who knows, you know, what his uh, body's like now, like they could, he's in his late 20s. None of these listings seem particularly like baffling. The Ben Brown one is probably the most you could argue that maybe he should stay, but I, I feel bad for North and I don't often feel bad for North. I'm always like, oh, this is where they, they like being, you know, working class and you know ordinary but this feels different this feels like a huge scalpel has gone through that club how do you think you know let's just say first day of pre-season training Mm. 2021 ben cunnington rocks up and receives the news that half of the guys that he played with last year aren't at the club anymore because i can't imagine that it's the news been relayed to, to him. The news hasn't made it out into the oceans where he spent the last three <laughs> months getting his sea legs. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's such a clear out. What do you do when you clear out like that? I mean, I know you guys went shopping really well. Like, you guys recruited really well and went from, like, you know, maybe they can do that, but are those players going to be available? We didn't, we didn't clear out that many people. Like... When we went shopping, we only, we sort of traded out five, we brought in five. But this is different. This feels like we're going to the draft. And I don't think in recent memory, I can't remember St Kilda doing one of those. We Even going out of that kind of grand final period, we eked out our trades and, and going to the draft and stuff. We didn't do it in one big clean out. Because if you think, who are the stars they're hanging on to? Like you got Unicky Davies, um, Higgins might be going to Geelong. That's the latest word. Um, I mean, Zeeble, is he really considered one of the top 10 players anymore? Like, what what, what stars have, have they hung on to? Cunnington. Goldstein, Goldstein Cunnington, Unicky Davies. And there's that, a Taren, is it Taron Thomas? There's a young guy who everyone's excited about this year. But it's not really... I, where, does, where would Ben Brown go? 
That's what I'm more interested in. North Melbourne at the moment, it's just even hard to talk about because it's just so decimated. But like, what what about Ben Brown? I think he's more interesting. Where would Ben Brown go? And what do you get for Ben Brown? I reckon he's a good fit for Collingwood. They're crying out for a tall forward. Um, You know, they've got good mid-size to small forwards. You could could build... He's 27. That's, you know, you're going to get at least three or four good years. And they're in a premiership window where they don't need him to be, you know, their best player. They just need two goals a game. Prior to this season, he kicked over 60 goals a season for three years in a row. And he's had a bad year because of injuries and personal issues and everything. Totally worth the gamble. Apparently, he... They the offer that came from North was in excess of seven hundred fifty thousand a season, but it was only for three years, and he wanted a longer term deal. So if you're the Pies, what could you do? Maybe do like four years at six hundred fifty thousand or something like that, or a back end deal. So give him seven fifty for the first uh, for give him a lower amount for the first year, and then seven fifty for the last three, something like that. Yeah, I think their bargaining position, North Melbourne, isn't particularly good at the moment. So I think Collingwood, if like Collingwood does feel like a good fit. And I love the idea of Darcy Moore with his haircut at one end of the field and then Ben Brown <laughs> down the forward line. You know, it feels like that's a marketable combo. Well, what I would, the exciting idea about that is there are so many dudes like uh, Howe and Stevenson and uh, um, uh, 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 Dugowie who have that kind of like uh, sick boy peroxide hairdo shaved uh, sick boy hairdo so what if Ben Brown goes to Collingwood and then he rocks up day one of preseason and he's shaved that that mop down and he's bleached it he's got the sick boy haircut I would love nothing more like wouldn't that be great (laughs) if he's like I'm going to a new club and I need a new start and I think the thing that was identified with North Melbourne was this curly bouncy hair I'm gonna get myself he goes into the the local barbers he said I'm gonna spend $65. (laughs) $65. And <laughs> have you seen the movie Train Spotting? Because that's what I want to look like. I think uh, that's not a bad idea if he goes if he goes to another club to completely change his look because the look he has now kind of suits the image of the shin boners, right? The shin boners. He's got like that he looks like, you know, the lead singer of Wolf Mother, you know. He looks like he's in Godspell. It's like that 70s HQ Kingswood combi van driving salt of the earth kind of dude. But if he goes to Collingwood, he needs a bit of that edge. He needs a bit of that scumbag edge. So I would love to see him like shave his head, mohawk. You know, why not have a mohawk? That could be pretty cool. Yeah. In fact, I think it should be compulsory. I think why stop with Ben Brown? Because this is one of the hardest things. In these days when players are traded to different clubs all the time, it can be quite traumatic for the people who love them at the club that they supported. You know, seeing their player that they love so much in another jumper can be, you know, quite confronting, right? So what if... When you go to another club to lessen the blow, you have to go with a completely new look. You have to renovate from whatever personality and style you had at your previous mm. club. You have to go to your new club with a new style and personality. But what if you're a, a person with a, a generally boring like exterior, like a, a Sam Mitchell or a Trent Cotchin or a real short back and sides kind of dude? Like, I mean... Does he have to change or is the fact that he's kind of yep, nondescript? Yep. You can still be boring, but you have to change. So like Sam Mitchell okay. like might have to like shave his head. So you can have okay. like a boring haircut still, but like completely shaved head, but you've got but, to have a different look. But don't you feel like every footballer, there is at least one preseason where you see photos of them and they've shaved their head? Like besides Ben Cousins for obvious reasons, I feel like... <laughs> There's been a period in which every player that I uh, take notice of has had a shaved head for a preseason. I don't think that I don't think shaving your head is that big a deal. Generally, what happens is a player gets drafted. Um, they'll have dreadlocks or a big mop or a top knot or a samurai ponytail or whatever, and they'll play like that for those first three years. And then once they get to the fifty game mark, they need to take their football seriously. I imagine the coaches had a word to them, and then they'll get like not necessarily like a sensible haircut, but just less Larry haircut. Well, a classic example of that is a guy who was celebrated this week from my uh, the place I went to school, Sale in East Gippsland, Scott Pendlebury, who became, uh, you know, the most games as captain and the most games at the Collingwood Football Club, I believe, all in one and go. And voted and, AFLPA sorry? best captain. He was yeah, voted in the uh, AFLPA award, yeah. So Scott Pendlebury, the thing that people, you know, don't bring up as much when they talk about him, they bring up the fact that he has a basketball background and that's why he seems to have oh, so much really? more time than other players. I didn't, I've never heard that before. That's interesting. Um, is uh, Jack Stephen also from Lawn? 
But what they don't bring up as much and would what be what might be more problematic in this day and age a look to pull off is the fact that Scott Pendlebury, captain fucking, you know, sensible, never had a scandal in all these games, for at least three seasons had white man dreadlocks. Did he really? Yeah. Scott, uh, hang on. I've got to look that up. I had no idea. Like, Are you talking like Dalhouse type dreadlocks? Yeah. Scott Pendlebury had dreadlocks. Google it. I don't remember that at all. So what year are we talking? Scott Pendlebury dreadlocks. Oh, shit. He did too. <laughs> he looks like... Who was that guy from uh, Big Brother? He won Big Brother. He was... Uh, the guy who did poetry in Big Brother in like season three. The guy wore the headband. What was his name? You know what I'm talking about. He looks like they're, they're shocking. They're a, they are shocking dreadlocks. Is that why Harry O'Brien quit the club? I had Terry Lumumba quit the club. He, he honestly looks like he's either going to play for Collingwood or he's going to go and play in his Counting Crows uh, cover band that he plays. Yeah. It's, he looks like he's going to yeah. play football or he has bongos in his beachfront apartment. <laughs> he looks like a guy who loves Bob Marley a lot. That's shocking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's a scandal. He should not have been... The AFLPA should take away that award on these photos alone. Like, this, he needs to be cancelled. <laughs> well, in this day and age, as a white guy wearing dreadlocks, he probably would be cancelled. But they don't look like dreads. They just look like terrible... <laughs> just looks like terrible hair. The, the best way I can describe it is the dude who won Big Brother one year from Western Australia who had the headband who used to do poetry. Whatever that guy's name is, if you can look him up, you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh. So dreadlocks obviously is not a look that you can rock anymore. No. But, but a suitably styled haircut of the times. So if you're a boring player, you, you can still get another boring look. You don't suddenly have to have like a – it just has to be a different boring look. If you're an exciting player – like Ben Brown has to go from one extreme because he's had a very recognisable haircut. His yeah. next haircut also has to be very recognisable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I reckon he could go shaved head and it is so opposite from the hair he has now that he would get away with that. But if you sort of got short hair and then you just go shorter, like if Dustin Martin was to shave his head, you're like, well, you basically just took off the mohawk. <laughs> that doesn't count. That's not enough of a change. I mean, maybe if Trent... No, Dustin Martin, I, I, I could see Dustin Martin rocking a mullet. Oh, like yeah. he would have to go and like have like a like a Bailey Smith style mullet. Speaking of the Bulldogs, one thing I noticed, and I'm not sure if I've discussed this before, um, they were talking about Caleb Daniel a lot before the game, and they were showing footage of him running around without his helmet on. And he's a very handsome young man. Yeah, he um, with a quite a fancy haircut. Yes, as well. Yeah, with tips. Like, I think he has tips, right? Right. But you wouldn't know it. Like he's one of those AFL players who's kind of in disguise. Yeah. Like, you know, he probably has it absolutely sorted in that, like, he is a one of the best players in the entire league, you know, and he probably can walk down the street unnoticed, literally because he's so tidy. People mm. don't, don't see him. <laughs> they just look straight over his head. He's like Paul Rudd in Ant-Man. He's just riding a bee <laughs> to the cafe to get his morning coffee. Wouldn't that be great if the Bulldogs make the grand final and Caleb da the ball is going down towards the goals and it looks like it's going to go over Caleb Daniels' head, but Ant-Man, Giant-Man style, he suddenly reveals that he has the capacity to turn himself into a giant. Well, is this one of those things where you see him without the helmet and it was it's like a Judge Dredd thing. It's like, oh, I had no idea what you looked like. I mean, you see his face. It's weird. You see his face, so you should recognise it. But when you put the whole package together, he actually... I thought he looked a bit like Jared Leto. Can you see that? Yeah. I mean, he's hes very hes very attractive. It's a little... Every time he takes off his helmet, it's a little like in one of those American teen movies yeah. where the girl has glasses and her hair's up in a bun, but then she takes off her glasses and shakes out her hair and you're like, oh my God, you're the most beautiful girl in school. Yeah, it's 100% that. I mean, what he... It's amazing where he has managed to get to in his career. Like, cause I think we've talked about this before. I was a big fan of his. I don't generally follow, you know, like a, a TAC Cup, you know, or anything like that. But I was seeing on a lot of the Saints message boards, people talking about this kid, Caleb Daniel. So I watched a lot of his footy from South Australia. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is tiny. But he even in junior levels, he was an amazing kick. He was really smart, really courageous. And I was really hoping that the Saints would get him because I think he went, what, 50-something? 
He was a high, yeah, he was high. I can't remember what number. Like it would have been was, a third round, late third round pick or something like that. But he would have had so many people at like that draft camp saying, "Look, yeah, he's a great footballer, but he's too small. Like too small, too small." And I think it's so uh, poetic that the Bulldogs, who once took a chance on Libba, would then find another diminutive footballer who turns out to be an absolute gun and. Like, he's better than Libba. And I know Libba was a Brownlow medalist, but I think in terms of, like, a basic skill set, Caleb Daniel is uh, a much better footballer than Libba. He's just, like, if proportionate to his size and his skill, if he were bigger, he'd be the best player there's ever been. Mm. Because the actual skill set that he has, you know, his capacity to kick accurately and, like, you know, find space and do all these sort of things, if he could proportionally keep those skills and have the size of a Bontempelli, if he was like six foot four or whatever, he would just dominate the game. We'd be like, we've never seen a player like him, but he's tiny. So he's, he's still pretty good, but he's, he, he's just still tiny. Um, speaking of Caleb Daniel though, uh, I, I thought this might be fun. So mm. all Australian, I think is announced this week, next week, something like that. But, uh, one man has already waded into the All-Australian uh, field, and that is our dear friend, the delicious Mark Robinson. And oh, so yes. Robbo has picked his All-Australian team. Did you look at his All-Australian team? No. Lay it on me. Great. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get you to try to guess who the players are, because this will give a real insight into how little we know about most things in the AFL, Football. I think. <laughs> and also... You know, it's Robbo. It's very on brand for us. So from the back line. Okay. Um, All right. Who do you think is full back in the All-Australian team? What club? Or is that giving it away? Uh, the club will give it away. Who do you think is okay. the preeminent back back player in the entire league? Uh, Darcy Moore? Darcy Moore did not make the team. Oh, no, Harris Andrews. Harris Andrews. Harris Darcy Andrews. Moore didn't make yeah. the team. Did not make the Darcy team. Moore didn't Darcy make the Moore. team. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Harris Andrews. Uh, best fullback going Harris around. Andrews, fullback. All right. Yep. Now, and then I reckon on one trickier. of the on one of the back pockets is Nick Hayne. One of the back pockets. No, did not make Shit. the team. One um, of the, his name is Nick. If that is helpful. Ah, uh, is he a Swan? No. No. No and Swans Nick. in the team. No Swans in the team. No not Swans even... in the team. Okay. Uh, not even uh, uh, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Second hill season. No, not, remember. not even Jake Lloyd. Uh, Nick. Nick. Mm, uh, Nick. Nick. Nick Revolt. <laughs> Plays for Richmond. I'll, I'll give you an extra clue. Plays for Richmond. Oh, Nick Vloston? Nick Vloston in the back pocket. And yeah. in the other back pocket, a man who last season of Two Guys, One Cup was a bit of a favourite of ours. Uh, got a quite quite a lot of attention. Has not got any attention at all on the podcast this season. But uh, uh, he plays for a non-Victorian team. We'll start with. Oh man, I don't know a non-Victorian team. Okay, so um, is it Frio? It is Fremantle. Yes. Okay. Um, who plays in the back line at Fremantle? I can't think of one player. Uh, Alex Silvani. <laughs> Luke Ryan. I believe Luke it was Ryan, Brennan yeah. Cox and Luke Ryan who were the, who were the, the friends, twins. right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that you'll be better on the halfbacks. Okay. So, uh, halfback, who is uh, centre halfback? Center Plays half-back. for a team that did not make the finals. Oh, uh, uh, Stephen May? No, Stephen May did not make the team, which was quite controversial. Um, um, does he play for Carlton? He does. No, he does. Sam Doherty? No. Who's the fucking centre-half back at... Jacob Wiedering? Might have have been Jacob Wiedering. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jacob Wiedering. So I was a bit surprised by that. I didn't realise Jacob Wiedering had had that good a season. Me either. From Collingwood on a half-back flank. Uh, Well, it's not still side bottom. (laughs) And it's not Jeremy Howe. Um, they must have other players <laughs> playing the back line. I'm sure they do. It. One of them made the All Australian team. Well, Robbo's All Australian team. How about that? Um, um, give me another clue. His name sounds like Robbo is trying to say another name, but it just has come out wrong. <laughs> um, 
uh, Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> Schmeichel Nomsen. Uh, <laughs> Braden Maynard. I don't know. Braden Maynard. All right. Yep. I'm familiar with him. If if Robbo said Braden Maynard to you, you'd go, who did you really mean? <laughs> if he said Braden Maynard, I think he's just trying to tell me that his brain hurts him hard or something. <laughs> Braden Maynard. It's like my brain hurts hard. <laughs> Jared's eating me. He keeps talking about Jared <laughs> yeah, eating yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the Western Bulldogs on the halfback flank. Oh, it wouldn't be JJ, would it? Oh no, no Caleb, it's, Caleb it's Daniel. Caleb, Caleb Daniel. Daniel. Yes, it's Caleb cool. Daniel. Uh, from uh, okay, the centre in the Robbo's All Australian team of twenty twenty years. Jack Steele. Jack Steele from the St Kilda Football Club. On the wing, from the West Coast Eagles. <sighs> I don't know. They've got so many of those types of players on the wing, like uh, Shuey Gaff. Uh, Gaff. Andrew Gaff. Yeah. I mean, I really From, do. All those midfielders at West Coast, I could redden. You, you could throw under a blanket. I'm, they, they all. I know they're different people, but they're all the same in my mind. From the Geelong Football Club on the wing, this might trick you. This might be hard. Oh. Uh, is does he normally play in that wing, or has he been crammed into that position for the sake of Robbo's team? No, I think he plays on the wing. He's just not the name that you would automatically go to from the Geelong Football Club. Okay, so it's not one of the obvious Geelong. Not names. one of the obvious. Um, oh, I know it's bloody. He had a terrible haircut for a long time. Um, oh, what's a bugger's name? You know, he's blonde, right? You know what? I don't even know. I'm he is, right? Now, did Google. he used to have a terrible haircut? Like long hair, like it was like, have a shower, mate, and wash your hair. You know the guy I'm talking about? Oh, fuck, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's driving me mental. Um, uh, he does not have blonde hair. Oh, hang on. He had blonde hair maybe at one stage. Okay. Um, but at the no, moment, who is it, it looks I, like Sam Menengola. No, I was not, <laughs> I was not thinking of <laughs> Sam Menengola. And if someone can tell me the guy I'm thinking of, I'd appreciate it because my brain has just gone blank. Okay, let's go to the uh, half-forward line. Half-forward line. I'm doing terribly. Centre-half forward in Robbo's All-Australian team of 2020 is... Uh, now, this guy does play centre-half forward. It's not like he's put Charlie Dixon at centre-half forward. He's put Charlie Dixon at centre-half forward. Okay. So, <laughs> it's exactly like he's put Charlie Dixon at centre-half forward. Charlie Dixon is at centre-half forward. Okay. On the half-forward flank from a team that did not make the finals. Um... Christian Petrarca. Christian Petrarca. Like every football fan, I don't know any of the backs, but once we get to the forward line, suddenly the names are coming to me. On the half-forward flank, a um, a superstar. I kind of a superstar of the game. That's all I say. Okay, Dustin uh, Dustin Martin. Dustin Martin is in the forward pocket, but I'll, okay. I'll um, give you that. Similar. Uh, so it's uh, Danger. Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. At full forward. In the 2020. Tommy Haw- Tom Hawkins. Team. Tom Hawkins. The Coleman medalist, Tommy Hawkins. In the forward pocket. A favourite of yours, I will say, Charlie. Does not play for your team. Don't let that distract you. But if a guy that you've paid a lot more attention to of late than you had previously. You've been quite impressed by the other aspects that he has in oh, his yeah. game. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, Liam Ryan. Flying... Liam Ryan. If you were to search my internet history, you would find an embarrassing amount of YouTube searches for Liam Ryan highlights. Like, he just (laughs) makes me happy. I just love watching him play. No crying. Liam Ryan. Okay. The Ruckman in the All-Australian team of Robbos for 2020. Mm, That's an interesting one. It'd have to be Nick Natanui, right? Nick Natanui. Uh... The Could Nick Nanui win the Brownlow this year? I know he's not really in the discussions, but he's such an impact player. How can you not take notice of him? Even if he just is that guy who skims around and gets one or two votes but does it regularly. I know he missed a few games, but yeah, do you reckon but, he could finish you know, top 10? Yeah, I reckon he could. Because like, I'm a bit like you. He's had an All-Australian season and he just looks so good You know, doing what it is that he does. I think... They probably have a lot of guys who are going to take votes from him, but I do think yeah. that he could be one of those guys who gets a surprising amount of votes. 
Uh, the Brownlow favourite uh, is the Ruck Rover in the uh, Lucky Neil. Robbers team. Lucky Neil. And the second Brownlow favourite is the... Uh, Travis Rover. Boke. Travis Boke. Travis Boke. Yeah. Uh, on the bench, uh, from... Uh, Jess, Jess, Jesse White. Jesse White narrowly missed out on the interchange bench. I'll give you the clubs. Uh, we'll, we'll start with okay. the easy ones. Uh, from yeah. the Western Bulldogs. Marcus Bontempelli? Marcus Bontempelli. Started He's on a bit the bench. Started a bit slow, Ooh. but has come home yeah. very, very strong. He is... Uh, Jake Nile named him as his captain of his uh, All-Australian team. Well, you know, it's the modern day game, Charlie. You you can start on the bench. You're on pretty soon. Yeah, I guess so. Minutes. Manage your time. If you're rolling Lockie Neal and Marcus Bontempelli and Jack Steele out of the middle... Yeah, you know, it's true. You're fine. <laughs> So, um, all right, uh, from the St Kilda Football Club. Dan Butler. Dan Butler. Now, this is where it gets a little trickier. From the Collingwood Football Club. Ah, interesting. And no Pendles. No. Um, Who's had a good year? Is it someone that I know or is it one of the, is it going to be another dude who I haven't heard of? Um, it possibly could be a dude you've never heard of. Uh, I, uh, I, um, I, I don't know. I don't know who it is. He has two. Well, no, he doesn't really. He has like, uh, anyway, it's Taylor Adams. I was going to try to come up with <laughs> yeah, some complicated clue, but it's Taylor Adams. <laughs> he, has a, he has a last first name. <laughs> so, so from the West Coast Eagles, this will be interesting. Oh. He's a backman. Jeremy Ma- Jeremy McGovern? No, not not Jeremy McGovern. Oh. Um, uh, uh, Dom Shiel? Not Dom Shiel. I don't know. Um, uh, his last name is also an occupation. Uh, still an occupation, but like definitely uh, yeah. a uh, old-fashioned op- occupation. Yeah, Gary Orthodontist. <laughs> It is, of course, Gary Orthodontist. <laughs> Brad Shepard. Brad Shepard. <laughs> yeah, it is an old-fashioned <laughs> job. There you go. That's Robbo. Oh, that's the whole bench. So, who's captain? Uh, I don't know, Scott. Uh, who would be captain? Travis Boak. Mm, I don't know if Travis Boak would be captain. Danger? Danger. Danger would probably yeah. be captain. Um, should we get to some mail, Will? Let's just whip yes. through some mail before we wrap. We're going to do a shorter episode uh, this week because, you know, there's a lot to talk. There's a lot of padding we need to do before the final starts. So we won't, we won't burn everything. Um, got a bit of cunt fiction. It's dried up a bit. I think, you know, we really hit a, a rich vein last week. Um, so we've just got one bit of cunt fiction this week. This is from Angus. Uh, he says, hey, guys, what I have for you today is a full, complete cunt story. I've spared no details and probably spent a lot more time than necessary writing this thing, but I think it'll be worth it. It is quite long, so feel free to read it in two parts if need be. Well, we could. We could split it over this week and next week and sting we're light on. Do you think people will be waiting with bated breath? It's fucking really long. We're going to read it over two weeks. Is it worth doing over two weeks and will people forget what we're talking about? We probably should have had this meeting off air. No, 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 no. It would be against the spirit of this podcast to discuss anything. We were going to do it on off, off air. <laughs> Fucking hell. Imagine if people thought we planned this, like we had a running <laughs> shoot. So we'll start with Jared wanting to eat Robbo. And then... Uh, <laughs> uh, also, I left the door open for a sequel, so let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. I hope Great. you have as much fun reading this as I did writing it. So without further ado, I give you Comf Files Origins. This cunt story begins, as many stories do, with Tex Walker sitting in his mum's basement, praying to the football gods. It's been a horror season for Adelaide, and after every loss, Tex retreats to his footy shrine, wearing his traditional crowskin cloak and Sharon hat, which is made from the first ball he ever kicked. He seeks guidance from the great football gods. Most nights he receives no reply, apart from the usual voice in his head that is always saying, footy, 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 footy. But as he gets his pet crow clawed 12 times, signalling, but as his pet crow cord, cord 12 times, signalling midnight, a dark and mysterious figure appeared in the to- at the top of the basement stairs, shrouded in an oversized coat. Tex Walker, they said. Mum, replied Tex, confused and slightly aroused, as he always is when someone calls his name. No, the figure grumbled in a suspiciously deep voice. Are you a footy god? Have you come to answer my prayers? Will I kick six goals on the weekend? Uh, yeah, sure. 
I will grant you a six-goal haul, but you need to do something for me first. Anything, Mr. Footy God. I'll do anything. That's a good lad, Tex. The figure descended the stairs, pulling out a file from within his cloak and handing it to Walker. In there is an outline of the North Melbourne headquarters. I made everything as colourful as possible and removed any large paragraphs, as I know you'd find it hard to concentrate on anything that's academic. Oh, look, there's a red, yellow and dark blue, just like the crows. Yes, Tex, but try and stay focused. You'll see there is a big red arrow pointing to the heart of the headquarters. That's where you need to go. The arrow is almost as big as me, but I'm big Tex. <laughs> why, why do I need to go there? What the fuck is this? Sorry. <laughs> because that's where they store the yearly supply of shin bonus spirit. You're going to break in there tomorrow night and steal it for me. You can get your six goals or whatever. Geez, I don't know, Mr. Footy God. Mum always says stealing is what Port Adelaide players do, and I don't play for them. Besides, it won't be well won't it be well guarded? I thought those kangaroos loved their shinbona drink. Shinbona drink? Screeched the figure before quickly regaining his composure. You need not worry, Tex. Usually it is guarded by their hardest and toughest player, Ben Cunnington, but he's gone fishing. And if there was no Cunnington, there's no North Melbourne. You'll be in and out in no time. Plus, it's the only way you'll be able to kick those six goals. Remember how much fun it is to kick goals? Oh, I do love goals. Goals are like crows. They're good. <laughs> of course they are, Tex, said the figure, patting Walker on his Sharon hat. Now go fetch me that spirit. <laughs> you enjoying it so far, Will? I am. I'm in. I'm glad it's long. That's, I, had, I had a little um, moment before you were about to launch into it where we're like, Oh, it's long. Maybe we're going to do it over two weeks. What if it starts really badly? And I was like hooked from the start. Like it warmed up a little into the comedy, but it was worth it because it had done some... I knew who the characters were. It had done some decent storytelling. So the humour really paid off. I'm absolutely... And don't discount the voice work as well. I was giving you two distinct characters there, which I think looking ahead, I'm going to have to be doing a lot more of. I'm Big Tex is like possibly my favourite moment of the podcast this year. The following morning in Fremantle, Nat Fife is out shredding the surf. The rays of the rising sun reflecting off his golden locks and out onto the admittedly average city of Frio. (laughs) Take that, Frio. While crushing wave after wave... Nat wonders if there's a Brownlee medal for surfing, and if so, how many would he have won by now? As he decides that six is probably a fair number, he sees his helicopter coming towards him, with assistant Andrew Brayshaw leaning out the window. His hand is, in his hand is Nat's big business phone, reserved only for big business calls. Mr. Fife, <laughs> cried Andrew, it's the AFL Power Board. They have a mission for you. Nat, still shredding, signals for Andrew to drop the phone down. Uh, don't worry, Aaron. I've got great hands. Andrew, letting out a sigh, once again, Nat got his name wrong, handballed the phone down to his boss, Captain Unofficial Coach. It found its way into Nat's hands, and he raised to it, raised it to his ear. Uh, Gil, just the man I want to hear from. Say, have you ever thought about giving out surf and brown lows? Because I think that would be... Not now, Agent Nat, cut in Gil. We have five, a Code 5 emergency. You need to get to headquarters immediately. Uh, say no more, Gil. We'll, be, we'll table the surfing brownlow for another time. Nat hung up the ladder, hung up as a ladder dropped down from his chopper. He climbed to the top surfboard, tucked under his arm, and jumped into the cockpit. Uh, yeah, take notes, Agatha," said Nat. <laughs> One day you might be successful enough to own your own helicopter, and on that day, you best know how to fly it. Yes, Mister Fife," replied Andrew, taking out his Nat Fife notebook as they sped towards the AFL secret base. <laughs> After perfectly landing his helicopter on the base on the base's roof, Fife is brought before the AFL's power board, consisting of Gil McLaughlin, Alistair Clarkson, John Horsecock Longmire. <laughs> Don't think you need to put the middle part in there. We all get it. Chris Scott, Damien Hardwick, Adam Simpson, and the Kane. Cock is silent. That is, we all know when it comes to horse, you don't the pronounce the cock. We all know it's there. We're all thinking of it. Okay, hang AFL- on. I, I lost track of who was who was in this power board. Okay. Go through the it again. AFL power board consisting of Gil McLaughlin, Alistair Clarkson, John Longmire, Chris Scott, Damien Hardwick, Adam Simpson, and Kane Twerp Corns. Nat, still slightly wet from his surf sesh, gives his hair a good shake before straightening up to face his bosses. Agent Fife says Gil from behind the power board's bench. Thank you for getting here so swiftly. Uh, yeah, no worries, Big Gil. You know I'm a menace in the air. Speaking of which, have you guys thought about uh, making a helicopter pilot Brownlow? Because I reckon I'd have a pretty... Agent Fife, grumbled Clarkson. Let's get to the mission first. Yeah, fair call, says Nat. What do you got for me, big boys? A robbery occurred at last night in North Melbourne HQ. Their remaining supply of Shinbone Spirit was stolen. 
Any sus- any suspects? Asked Nat. Actually, we know exactly who did it. Charles, actually, I've got a new voice for this. Actually, we know who exactly who did it, chirped in the twerp, always ready to rat on other players. Tex Walker, that Adelaide scum, couldn't resist smiling at every single camera on his way through the facility. It's incredible he was actually able to pull it off. Did he get away with it? Asked Nat. I thought they kept that spirit under tight watch. They do, said Brad, said Chris Scott. But last night, I'm running out of voices, Will, but last night Ben Brown was uh, the assigned guard. He landed his, the first punch on Tex, but then ran back 100 metres to line up the second one. It gave Tex plenty of time to grab the spirit and get away. It would seem he stumbled under the perfect night to perform the robbery. That's too much of a coincidence, snaps Hardwick. Someone knew Brown was on guard. They knew where to find the spirit. Walker, Walker had help. Look, lads, this is all a bit boring, whined Fife. There's no surfing, no helicopter driving, and no brown, no vote coding, counting. Why do you care? guys care what goes down at North Melbourne anyway? The board exchanges a series of concerned looks, each seemingly waiting for someone else to speak first. Longmire, <laughs> possessing the largest cock, <laughs> was brave enough to break the silence. The board has interests that can't be discussed with non-board members. All you need to know is your mission, which is to apprehend Walker as soon as possible. You need to retrieve the shin bone of spirit before he brings it to whoever he's, he's working with. Is that clear? Yeah, sure thing, Horsey. I'll be on my way then. Wait, Agent Fife, says Gil. There's one more thing we want you, we want you to enlist some help. There's a player we've been looking to recruit for quite a while now. You may remember him from your draft class. I bet I would, says Nat. I'm great with names. Gil reaches under the bench and removes a relatively empty file. We don't know much about this guy. He stays away from most modern technologies, but we think we know where you can find him. Fife accepts the file from his boss, opening it up to reveal a single sheet of paper containing a map of prime fishing locations around Melbourne and a picture of Ben Cunnington. To be continued. You know what I love about this? Is now that we're going to continue it to a different week, what... What voices you're going to remember how to do? Because oh, you did not base no those way. voices <laughs> on the like we know what all these people basically sound like, and none of the voices you chose were anything <laughs> like the voices of the people that you were actually making speak. So, what's yeah. the chances of you remembering any of those voices by next week? Zero. And what's more than that, I guarantee by next week I'm just going to do the same voice for each character. So strap <laughs> yourself in for part two of that cunt fiction. Uh, well, this is from Kate. She writes in uh, with a uh, pocket profile, which we haven't had for a while, right. from Mosquito Irving, the Essendon player. Uh, Kate says, hey, okay. lads, I thought you might enjoy learning more about a guy that's surely got to have the best names of all time. Love the pod. Don't ever change. Okay, so this is from the Essendon Football Club website. Get to know Irving Mosquito. Nickname. Uh, Mozzie. Correct. Which is too simple. We'll give him a new nickname, please. Irving Mosquito. Um, uh, okay. Irving Mosquito, Mozzie, Morrissey, the Smiths, Smiths Chips, Cheese and Gobbledock. Onion. <laughs> Gobbledock. His nickname is Gobbledock. Any pregame superstitions or routines? Uh, it's a routine. Uh, he always puts his left sock on before his right sock. He listens to music. Greatest individual effort you've seen on the footy field? Uh, is it by a teammate? I suggest so, yeah. There's one teammate mentioned. The other one is probably a teammate, but I don't know who he is. Okay. Um, it he is... names two players. Uh, one player is a favourite of this show. He's probably one of the most popular Essendon players, and he's known Anthony for Anthony McDonald Tippin yes. Woody. And what's he sort of known for? It's a one Playing footy, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Tackling. He tackled somebody. Or he... Pressure. Pressure. Yeah. Uh, he, think, he, think, he says Waller's pressure and Noah Gowns. Uh, Noah Gowns pressure. So no, who's Noah Gown? I assume he plays for Essendon. So Noah Gown and Waller, their pressure. That's the greatest effort he sees in the footy field. Um, a player from another team you'd love to play with and why? Um, one of the most beloved figures in the game. Uh, will Eddie be playing on Betts. next year. Correct. Uh, because he is a fun guy and not a mushroom. He means like a fun guy. <laughs> How many games of footy do you watch each weekend? Very specific number and not the entire round. Five. Oh, you're on my... I heard you... F- four. 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 I thought you were going to get it right. Yeah. Uh, Favourite uh, TV football show? Uh, the Front Bar. Mangrook. Mangrook, of Favorite. course. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's right in front of you. 
<laughs> Favorite commentator and why? And um, let me just say that I would argue that this guy is a lot of people's least favorite, uh, least favorite commentator for the same reason that Irving likes him. Brian Taylor because he's a dickhead. <laughs> Pretty much. Brian Taylor because he's funny and has good energy, which, yeah. you know, reverse that is because he's a dickhead. <laughs> favorite meal the night before a game? Not a carb. Oh, not a carb. Um, Very simple. It's a, a portion of a meal. Um, a salad. meat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steak. Correct. Which teammate should appear in the next series of The Bachelor? And this is a good pick. I mean, I can't argue with this. Uh, you know, I, I have waxed lyrical about this man's appearance prior, this year and even, and even in years gone by when he played for another team. Oh, Dylan Shield. Dylan Shield. Teammate most likely to succeed after football? Dyson Heppel. Already has been mentioned already. Uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Correct. Which team, you were, for someone, you know, we've done at least two episodes last week and the week before, all just bag and Essendon, but it sounds like you're a real Essendon man. <laughs> you know what right. I feel like I am? I feel like I get Irving Mosquito. I feel like this has yeah. been one of my highest strike rates. In totally, the- I agree. Normally it profile. takes you towards like the last four questions. We normally get past favorite carb and then you you lock in. It's taken you like takes you two thirds of the the questions to kind of get a beat on them and then you nail the last four. So this is interesting. You've been right on the money here. Um, which teammate belts out your club's theme song with the most gusto? And this dude's a relatively new player, but big raps. Uh, relatively new. Uh, Jake Stringer. No, no, no. Young player. I think he's a code switcher, but. Uh, he was offered big money last year. People can see huge potential in him. Uh, he's had a good year. No, don't know. Uh, he shares the same last name as a character for Mad Men. Um, uh, Glenn Draper. <laughs> Sam Draper. <laughs> the Ruckman, Sam Draper. Do you know who that is? Obviously not. No, not really. Uh, it, does he prefer Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify. Correct. Fuck you and Irving are best mates. Favorite comedian. Um, look, he did. He started off as a comedian, but he, I think, he moved into movies and did that for a while. Then disappeared for a long time, and I'm not sure if he's even. I think he's done a couple of comebacks, but he's known for a buddy cop franchise. That's his biggest claim to fame. Martin Lawrence. Cool. No, a different buddy cop franchise. Um, in the same, oh, he would be Chris, of the same Chris era. Tucker. As Martin Lawrence. Correct. Chris Tucker. Favorite animal and why. Uh, the and it's an interesting answer he gives because his favorite animal, and the reason why it's his favorite, um, has to do with hunting. Um, all right, my favorite animal is the turtle because he likes to hunt turtle. <laughs> his favorite animal is a goanna because they're quick and hard to catch, which is interesting because oh. it's like he likes the challenge. It's not like he just like oh you know a turtle there it's slow easy to grab. It's like oh no. I want to be. I want to chase my dinner. Your favorite possession? Oh, this is really sweet. If this was a film, a World War Two movie, where you know it's the opening of Saving Private Ryan, there would be a shot where the, the camera's moving around the boat, and you see a player, uh, you see an, a soldier a reach pic- into his it's pocket. A picture of his mum. Close. A picture of his family. Best gift you have received? Um, yeah, this sounds like a pretty good gift. It's it's. Uh, a, a, I don't know how to give a clue. It's a musical instrument. Uh, a guitar. Some sort of yeah. guitar. That was too much of a clue. I couldn't think of another way. To... If, you won Tatslot... if you won Tatslotto, what's the first thing you would buy? It's a specific brand of the thing. Uh, a, a Lamborghini. A Mercedes. What's your favorite holiday destination? International. Um... Where does Irving Mosquito get to? What What would he be doing in this destination? What sort of holiday is he on? Uh, well, at the moment, um, running for your life. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucked up. Uh, uh, but you can do anything there. Uh, Brazil. It's a it's a land of the free, you might say. Oh, America. <laughs> right, okay. So, yeah, okay. You're all right. Uh, the most famous person you have met, um, which is he's a footballer. Probably an idol of a young Irving, I'd suggest, based on Michael you know, who his favorite player is. No, more of our, more of the a recent era. Uh, Buddy retired. Oh no! Okay, no. Um, recently retired, oh, but played in the same team as Buddy for a while. 
Um, uh, Luke Luke Hodge, Jared no, Ruffin, famous footballing f- famous footballing family has cousins all over the shop. Uh, oh, everyone oh, gets one of these. Okay, yeah, sorry, Rioli, that makes sense. <laughs> of course, Sarah Rioli, the most famous person you'd like to meet. Um, someone that you have met. Uh, someone who uh, the Rock that would give it away too much. No, no, it's an Australian an Australian celebrity which would not be uncommon for you to meet or run into. Oh, uh, so a comedian of some kind? No, 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 Australian celebrity. And there are many, there are multiple reasons why you may bump into this guy. Oh. At least two obvious reasons. Okay, a lot of reasons that I might bump into this Australian celebrity. So do I work with this person? Yep. There are, no, no. Because if his favourite, like if the person believe- he wants to meet is Russell Howcroft, this is going to be a big weird twist at the end of this. <laughs> I believe you have... Um, Oh, met him before. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Uh, dream job if you weren't a footballer. <laughs> this is like, all right, sure. Um, it's an outdoorsy job. Um, par- uh, landscape gardener. Oh, what was the first thing you were going to say? Park ranger. Park ranger. <laughs> Holy shit. You and Irving <laughs> Mosquito are best friends. Call him right now. Uh, dream place to live in the world, which uh, speaks to his earlier holiday destination. Okay, uh, LA. Miami. What is he scared of? Uh, uh, crocodiles. Heights. And what's the one talent you wish you had? Uh, and it's a talent that uh, 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 you know, well, you know at least one person possesses this ability. Oh, I know at least one person who would, possesses his ability um think think about uh, the person he would like to meet what does that person do okay so he'd like to control the power of lightning (laughs) (laughs) you'd like to be an actor (laughs) he'd like to be able to he's got this giant hammer in his backyard that no one seems to be able to move and he just hopes one day that he could wield that hammer. Uh, and that's it for this week. Uh, we said we are going to do a shorter episode. We've probably done a pretty standard length one. Um, we'll continue Cunt Fiction next week. In the meantime, why don't you go to tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts. There's uh, Tofop, which is like this with less footy chat, and there's Willosophy, which is Will's chat show. Who's on this week, Will? Uh, this week, uh, Dave Lawson. Uh, there's a new episode with Dave Lawson up who's a very funny and interesting dude and on uh, Friday Charlie Pickering is on the show and if you want to support us you can go to patreon.com forward slash tofop check out a bunch of bonus podcasts and free content uh, well it's not free once you sign up but you know what I mean it's bonus content uh, and I say play on not 15 when I say ball we are two guys one car